You are listening to the JCN Clinic Podcast. The JCN Clinic Podcast is a place where nutritionalists Jessica Cox and Carissa Mason get real about nutrition and living a healthy life. They share with you their passion and their clinical knowledge for a fun, no BS approach to looking after yourself. Please enjoy today's episode and don't forget to subscribe and iTunes. Welcome to the JCN Clinic Podcast Show. I'm Jessica. I'm Carissa. And we are here again in your ears to talk about a very exciting topic. <laughs> Super exciting. <laughs> but a good one, nonetheless. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely a goodie. As yeah. per usual, we may have come up with the topic at the uh, like 11th hour, <laughs> but <minutes> ago. <laughs> it is one that's quite pertinent to this time of year. Every time, why every time in the first few minutes? Just so everyone's aware, this is our second attempt at starting. (laughs) I'm not resetting. (laughs) You guys can deal with my slurs. Pertinent to this time of year, as you were saying when we're texting about it. So we want to talk about weight loss, but sustainable, healthy weight loss. Yeah, how to do it properly. Yes, yes. And I think we've kind of woven and delved into this in different podcasts um particularly which we'll talk we'll probably refer to those as we go but i think this is like a really good time to sit down and talk about it specifically yeah because i think everyone's got their new year's things sorted and maybe some goals for the new year and i'm sure there's one i know there's heaps of um Detox plans and weight loss things and all the fun stuff that New New Year's gets jacked within our social media feeds. But anyway, so at the end of the day, most people probably start New Year's and go, oh, I want to get healthier, I want to lose weight and all of that kind of stuff. And then they may or may not sign up to something to do it. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's all about doing it sustainably and realistically and putting practices in place that form good habits. And it's more about commitment Mm -hmm. and consistency and persistence Mm. if you want healthy sustainable weight loss definitely and I think it's a good time of year right now too because a lot of people as you say have started the um new year sort of health kick and then it's kind of like we're the 31st of January today Mm. I'm recording so like we're about to kind of get to that kick into February where some people might be like you know, oh god, this is too hard yeah, well, for these like extreme sort of programs that they've yeah, started. Yeah. So it's a really good time to visit this. Yeah. Um. So basically, yeah, what we want to talk about is all of the facets to do with achieving weight loss that are going to help you get there in the long term. <laughs> Checking out your hair. It's driving you crazy, isn't it's it? Disgusting. It's just my hair is still full of gym sweat, and it's just. <laughs> Freaking gross. Like I need to put something over the mirror so you can't look at it. <laughs> well, I can see because it just because I tie it up so quickly, then it just doesn't dry in those oh. top sections where you. Is it sp- actually? Can I touch it? Is it wet? Oh, we I need put, some dry shampoo. I've got trash. I've got to bring it in. Oh. And I do the other thing. I'm is doing like, like oh. Coco. We've got raw cacao at the back. You could get away with that. Do you know you could do that? Oh really? Like, yeah. The, like like actual raw cacao. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Do you realize what that's gonna look like? No, the powder, the raw cacao powder. What? Like for the you know, like the hot chocolate, hot chocolate yeah. stuff I've got up there. What? If you put that like you would dry shampoo in your roots and shh it around, 
It'll work the same. Are you kidding? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm looking at you like, is this, is this, this Damien? A, is this coming prank? into you? <laughs> no, it's really not. Am I going to look like a bird shut on my head? Like, no, because you could get away with it because you've got dark bags. hair. Yeah. So it would work. Yeah. We should give it a go. Um, I've seen people do I haven't done it because I can't. Because you've got but, uh, lighter But hair. I know. What's the natural? I think some people use, what's the white equivalent? Oh, someone will be going, listen to this, I can't remember what it is. I've never heard of that. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. We digress majorly. We digress. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm just going to have to suck it up. Like I do put a bit of water through it when I have a shower just to you know even the sweater yeah. and then i've got like this really nice moroccan oil which probably doesn't help because oh. it makes it a bit greasier yeah that looks good with it up in a bun thank you <laughs> show our listeners are yeah. very <laughs> keen to hear that <laughs> chris's hair situation is sorted <laughs> for the next five minutes <laughs> okay anyway so one of the biggest daily things struggles or points when it comes to sustainable weight loss is something that we talk about all the time and that's about getting your macronutrient balance sorted yep. in a spectrum of a whole food diet because yep. we always talk about foundations mm-hmm. um, and if you don't have that basic foundation right and you aren't eating really nourishing, sustaining meals, then you're going to create cravings and dips in energy mm-hmm. and that's going to lead you to eating the wrong types of foods at the wrong time and getting those yeah those classic sort of afternoon cravings for the sugar and the chocolate bars and yeah. all of those sort of you know common afternoon slumps or then after dinner mm-hmm. raiding the fridge looking for the sweets and so forth yeah. too so yeah. Absolutely fundamental is that foundation, and we did talk about that extensively in our macronutrient podcast, so we're not going to go into that in depth, Mm -hmm. but I think that we both know from um, a clinical perspective too that when people get that foundation right, Mm -hmm. like that is pretty much the, you know, the, the first and most important part of making sure that they're other factors surrounding their weight loss are going yeah. to respond. Yeah, I 100% agree. Well, obviously I agree. But <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Jess, that's wrong. <laughs> You're full of shit. <laughs> no, so, and I think it's something like you even hear like personal trainers say, and I don't actually know if this is correct, but I do think diet is like diet and the foundations of eating are more important than any really anything else like mm-hmm. they say like if you're just even comparing diet to exercise diet like i know a lot of pts will be like diet is 70 percent of it yeah yeah and then you exercise and what you do other things you do is the other the other part so yeah it's so so important and i think when we're talking about and the key here is sustainable sustainable weight loss not just how to get what how to achieve weight loss because mm-hmm. obviously there's a lot of diets kicking around and I know a lot of um, New Year's plans, they really start off with this, this like low carb, mm-hmm. no, well, not, not, not can anything, it never, can ever be no carb, but very no, low. No, 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 don't forget about oh, the yeah, meat true. diet. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> the meat diet. How could I forget? <laughs> so, okay, the meat diet and low carb diets but honestly i've just been shaking my head over that since you told me about it like, sometimes it'll pop into my head or i'll hear something about it and i literally just stand there and shake my head it's just anyway so low carb diets or you know no carb diets obviously you couple that with some intensive exercise so usually some sort of hit style f45 you are going to sometimes not for everyone but drop weight quite quickly mm-hmm. is it sustainable no mm-hmm. and so this is unless you're Okay, let's just forget about the other styles of diets and things like that. But 
the thing is, is if you want to set yourself up for something that is maintainable, sustainable, mm-hmm. <laughs> and something you can do long term and just commit to and continue to do and see results, then that's where the macronutrients come into it. So if you mm-hmm. get the foundations of eating right with your complex carbohydrates and your proteins and your good fats and your leafy greens and all of that, that is so, so, so important. Yep, yeah. yeah, so yeah. true. And if you don't, because if you don't know how to eat in that right way yep. and to have those foundations working for you, then all you're going to do is jump onto one of the crazes that mm. Chris is mentioning and it may give you those short-term results, which we're trying to kind of sway you away from. Mm. But once you finish that, you're not going to know what to do. Yeah. You haven't had any form of real uh, education or understanding mm. of, what, of what works for you as an individual or understanding of like how to create a nice balanced mm. eating style that works for you day to day for the rest of your life. Yeah. So you're not really getting anywhere. And if anything, with a lot of the time with these types of approaches, it's actually more detrimental, which we'll get yeah. into. Yeah, exactly. And these are the ones that will set you up for feeling like you might be smashing out your training and eating F all, but I mm. bet you feel freaking tired. Like you yeah. might feel great for a week or two, yeah. but how long can you maintain that before your energy starts to drop, your weight actually plateaus yeah um you get these intense sugar cravings like i know when i deal with a lot of my clients that are coming in for the first time and they've been doing these low carb higher protein or higher fat or a combo of the two diets um and they've been doing them long term their energy is ratchet yeah. like they're exhausted like i'm just so it's tired like women, women mm-hmm. exa- yeah women definitely they're like i'm just so tired and then they'll and I'm, i go through their diet with them and then all of a sudden like they're binge eating after dinner or they'll get mm. they'll get two or three days where they smash it and i just have a day where they just completely let loose mm. so that's not creating a um a healthy approach to a healthy approach to mm. food and meals and eating properly you know mm. and balanced meals for the rest of your life so this is more what jess and i kind of want to nut out with mm. this one is it's there's so much in the food basis and just being realistic about what's achievable for the rest of your life mm. and mm. committing to that yeah and individuality too within that mm. um just reminded me when you said that i've seen a lot of people already in january who are jumping onto more of um i guess that more ketogenic sort of approach but they're being influenced by their partners usually from a male perspective so you know obviously every male is going to differ but obviously a male's body and hormonal balance is very different to a female so So i've seen quite a lot of females already who are just jumping on board what their partner is doing because their partner's like i feel amazing and i've been doing this for x amount of months and yeah they see them stripping weight and they're talking about how great they feel so like well i'm gonna do it too but we can't hammer home enough how different we are from person to person, but yeah. also particularly male to female. Yeah. And just even the carbohydrate carbohydrate difference from female to female is so yeah. different. Like some women do honestly do better on a lower carb, not a no yeah. carb or an extremely yeah. low carb or very low carb, but do do better on a, with lower carbs in mm. their diets. That's not no complex carbs, it's just lower. Yeah. And then some women do better on moderate carbs. Yeah. Like I, did, I think like I'm definitely more, I would say more of a moderate carb yeah. Yeah, eater. Sure. And then what do you, like where would you sit? Do you think? Oh, like, moderate to sometimes... Sometimes I feel like I can swing to even high at yeah, points. same. But that would just be that <coughs> extra demand that I create for yeah. certain types of exercise, but yeah. definitely moderate. Definitely just, moderate as an absolute yeah. base. Yeah. yeah. But then you even, like I know we've talked about this in other podcasts, you look at the way Jess and I structure meals sometimes mm. and how we eat, and it's so different. Yeah. So it's just, it is. It's so individual, and this is where it's, mm. yeah. Anyway, I don't think we need to have that. No, no. Because we talk about it all the time. <laughs> I just, like, started fantasizing about some of my high-carb meals as you are saying that. I was like, what do I have? I'm like, Mm, put an escar. Uh, <laughs> like, 
<laughs> but the next Yum. thing that we wanted to mention, which again we're not going to get into heaps of detail on, is calories. Mm. Calories, um, because they are a big part of this, or yep. part of what um, yep. is often talked about when it comes to weight loss. But we have done an entire podcast on that. So again, go back, listen to that if you want more information. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can't um, just say calories don't play a part. Of yeah, course absolutely. they do. But what we've talked about in the past is mm. that calories aren't all the same um, in regards to like whether you're eating a low calorie diet based on really like stereotypical crap food mm-hmm. um, and trying to like make up, your, you know, again, I think some of the gyms are doing this like with, mac, you know, get your macros and just make sure they're under this amount of calories. Mm. So it doesn't matter if, it's, you know, yeah. you have that cake, that whatever it is at lunch, just make sure you pretty much starve yourself for the rest of the day because then your calories are going to fit in. Like mm. it doesn't work like that. If you, again, want more information about that, <laughs> go and listen to the calorie podcast. Was, but they still they do play a part of what we're talking about because Definitely. of course even with a whole food macronutrient balanced diet there is going to be uh, calories that make up those types of foods yep. and we need to look at the distribution of those calories for an individual based on their physical demands their hormonal demands yep. um, so for instance we probably see one of the most common areas there would be with women in more of like a, a peri or menopausal, menopausal. even post menopausal stage yep. where there's some really big changes with estrogen um, and that is basically <sighs> a woman's best friend <laughs> estrogen god we love it <laughs> probably another podcast there for menopause but essentially with estrogen dropping there's more of a preference for the body to hold on to fat yeah um we've got a lot of storage of estrogen in fat cells so the body's like hold it on for your life so essentially (laughs) so true though (laughs) essentially because of that role and also the fact that things are metabolically starting to slow down we find clinically that starting to play around with calories can be a lot more beneficial at that time yeah absolutely and i do use calories from time to time with um, some of my girls when it's warranted um, just mm-hmm. so they can be aware of where their calories are coming from yep. from a whole food diet yeah because that's the thing too like you can you can be eating this amazing whole food diet and it's really well balanced and you're mm. ticking all the boxes but sometimes it's just too much of a good thing for yeah. everything that you're doing yeah. so sometimes I'll just say to, say to my clients like jump on my fitness pal just track your food for a yeah. couple of days I don't want you to become obsessive mm. about it but just so you can be become aware and sometimes it's a bit of a mind blow for them because mm. they're like oh okay so, and it's just just skimping back on a few little things where yeah. they might have been quite liberal in the past to achieve a goal yes do you exactly. know what I mean and that's that's yeah that's probably the other time I would use calories in the not post or peri and menopause yep. sort of area is just so people can become aware like yep okay we've got the whole food mm. thing down pack you're eating beautiful amazing foods <clears throat> you're not losing weight we've assessed your thyroid mm-hmm. hormones your leptin your, your spacing mm. between your meals we've looked at your estrogen all of this stuff spot on let's also just make sure that you're not maybe eating too much yeah which exactly. is and that's where calories play i think play yeah, can play a sensible part again agreed so. and i think um working with someone on a big individual basis with that and using something to track with them Mm. in a guided way is a good tool for us because yeah it's not only about the figures that they extract from that but also about portions as well so it's a really good way with 
your practitioner to look at that. Mm -hmm. But again, like to do that under the guidance of someone and you obviously you can you bet your bottom dollar that we're not throwing out any figures here because that's going to Please. deviate. So, you know, we might be having one type of calorie figure we're looking at for one client roughly that's going to differ from another. Yep. Um, and essentially that's going to be <laughs> a, tool, a tool that we're going to utilize for that person and we don't want we don't want you to look at calories and, and Google it on the internet and see yep. for weight loss, you need to be hitting 1,400 calories per day. So that's what suits you. Yep. This is where yep. it's really, really dangerous. So. And, that, and that's why I think like I will use it as I will, I will never use it. Like I, And I know that it sometimes is the difference between someone losing weight and not losing mm -hmm. weight when everything else is right yep. that I've just mentioned. But it's not something I will jump in with someone within the first you know, two to three consults. Really. No, unless, well, unless they specifically ask for it. Yeah. And I've got a really good idea of their relationship with food, their yeah. rela their past, their current relationship with food, their past relationship mm -hmm. with food, their relationship with how they view their own body, their attitude towards weight loss, like mm -hmm. why they want to lose weight. Is mm -hmm. it because it's, you know, and their, and their goals, are they realistic mm -hmm. weight loss goals or are they mm -hmm. not? So there's so many things that I consider before I start yeah. thinking, okay, let's maybe start tracking food and dealing with food in it's almost like dealing with food like in a figure perspective because yeah. you start talking about specific portions and I just think for the I know we've talked about this in the calorie podcast but just for the female mind yeah this can be really freaking detrimental to yeah. their relationship with food so we're very careful about how we use calories yeah. no so true calories are they're part of the story but there's the foundations we mentioned mm -hmm. first and there's a lot of these other health components that we need to tick off first yep. before we jump straight onto the calorie, calorie bandwagon. bandwagon and that's where it's so detrimental because people go there first yep. and they're not dealing with all the other areas that are actually the problem yep um, well, for example, like we we're just talking about, I won't mention who it is because if she is listening, she'll know who it is. But <laughs> someone who's very close to me who has decided to go on a calorie controlled diet, why she's exercising, doing a bit of crazy exercise, which is fine. But the other day I caught up with her and she had basically decided that she was going out with her friends for mm -hmm. dinner. So she's allowing herself, I think it's 1400 or 1200 calories a day. Mm -hmm. So she decided she's going out with her friends for dinner to have Mexican. Mm -hmm. Sorry if you're listening. But I'm not. <laughs> I know exactly. Yeah, I know. About, you know what I'm talking about. But so therefore, she'd basically eaten f all throughout the day because yeah. she knew that she was going to go and have this big calorie load of Mexican at night. So basically, let's just look at starving yourself throughout the day from a blood sugar perspective, a cortisol perspective. All of those sorts of things. So you can have this big binge of Mexican at night. But then her friends all bailed on her. Mm. So she made the calories up with wine <laughs> and sweet potato chips. And we're sitting there like putting them in and I'm just like, I love you to death. But this is so just, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> like... <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I had a wine and some sweet potato chips with her, but I was you know, I wasn't sitting there plugging it into my phone. I was like, Oh well, this is Friday night, let's just do this. Like, <laughs> you know, so it's it's so much about weight loss. When it comes to weight loss, just having trying to promote a really mm. um healthy attitude towards our body while mm. we're doing it. So yeah, yeah which is a <sighs> another huge aspect of this when we talk about sustainability, like yep. the emotional mental relationship we have with ourselves is a massive chunk of this pie yeah. so and we see this all the time like it there's one thing to desire weight loss and maybe you know what that means mm. for you like if you particularly as a woman if you pin that like ideal weight loss or that ideal size with being happy, happy. 
achieving <laughs> achieving like all of these like goals are all pinned on this particular body size like yeah. that is just danger like red flags all over it and often with that though we see a lot of self-sabotage which again we've talked about in other podcasts mm. but yeah. this is something that we have to look at for anyone wanting to achieve weight loss in a sustainable long-term way because mm. if you don't deal with those emotional triggers then all we're going to do is just get stuck in this cycle and it doesn't matter how much we as a practitioner give you like we can give you everything all of these tools but we will see you within a certain time frame Mm self-sabotaging so you know I think that's a biggie and obviously if we're seeing that happen we we talk with people we try and make them aware that that's going on I think as we were you know everyone always says being aware is the first step but often there can be need to explore that further and that might be seeking help from a psychologist there's plenty of psychologists that deal with this specifically Yeah. yeah absolutely anyway that was a bit of a segue no it's so true though yeah (laughs) but it's so true it is like it's so mains versus snacks you've got written down what was it in particular you were mentioning there let me throw that ball back this was just my brain my brain spew (laughs) you messaged me before so i was just thinking like obviously macronutrient balanced mains and then obviously just talking about healthy snacking and when to snack so okay that was all i was going to touch on again it's very individual for some people like i I'm more of a fan, depending on what's going on with people from, and again, this is individualized, but if there's blood sugar stuff going on and leptin stuff going on, which we'll talk about in a second, um, then sometimes people actually do do better with um, three well-balanced meals and Mm -hmm. no snacks in between. So Mm -hmm. that's, you know, retraining our leptin and things like that and insulin to behave a little bit better. Some people actually do do better with three main meals and a snack in the middle there. So again, it's just, I think just getting rid of this, eating which I I hope we've debunked by now but eating these six small meals a day Mm -hmm. is a bit of a Mm -hmm. no-go for a lot of things when we start looking at um, insulin cortisol and all of that and how they function um so yeah so that was pretty much where I was going with that yeah yeah Yeah. for sure again bio-individuality isn't it like yeah you're going to cater that for person to person person to person but Definitely. yeah i think i still get asked quite well, not quite a bit but i still get asked oh what about you know aren't we just supposed to eat six meals a day yeah no <laughs> well i guess again this is where it's confusing for people because you can say six meals a day and people can take that the wrong way but yeah. if you're talking six times a day yeah if someone is up at say 5 30 in the morning mm. and they're like straight into a big exercise session and then they've got like their breakfast and by the time you know they've done their exercise they've mm. had breakfast and it's like 6 37 and then they're riding that through to like maybe one o'clock mm, where yeah. they have lunch like it might mean they have obviously a snack which is their second thing and then they've got lunch and then again maybe if they've got quite an active job they might be having a snack in the afternoon which then gets them through to dinner yeah so you can see how like that can very easily over the spread of a long day become six six, five to six um, times that you Mm. eat which is very different to six meals a day Absolutely, and I think that's where it's a little bit skewed right yeah absolutely and I do think yeah like the type of job and what you're doing comes into it like I know um the tradies that I have as clients Mm. or guys working in the trade industry that are active on the tools Mm. these guys are eating 
typically six times a day. Yeah. Like they're having a breakfast before they're the ones that are doing it healthily. <laughs> not our, not, no, our, <laughs> not our pie and chip bandits, <laughs> pie chip and coke bandits. Yeah. But um the guys that are doing it healthy are getting up, having a breakfast, mm. and that's before they start at five thirty six. Yeah. And then they're probably having smoko, which is around nine or ten mm-hmm. o'clock, then lunch is around one, then mid arvo they're having yeah. something else and then they're having dinner yeah. with their partner when they get home. Yeah. But they're physically active all day. Yeah. Their their energy requirements or and their physical, you know, mm-hmm. just demands that amount of food. So yeah, anyway, sure. it is. It's mm. individual. Spacing between meals, I think, is something yeah, too just, that we've sort of covered. Mm. So yeah, um, let's dive into exercise. <laughs> Again, we have covered this a little bit. Yeah. We did talk um, in a previous podcast about eating around exercise, which is a really mm. good one to go and listen to. Because I've, I've sent that to so many people. Oh, it's a goodie. Yeah. It's one of our most listened to, actually. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Interesting. So the reason we delved into that was to maximize the most out of your metabolism from an exercise perspective. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. And also for recovery and energy throughout the day. So <laughs> that's where to go to listen for that one. But I think um, I was when actually it comes to of, this, more about sorry. But I was thinking as wait, I was reading. Wait, wait, wait. I was thinking we should have bloody got Emma on for this one. Oh. Yeah, so she could have taught, like told Emma, her, Emma, where are you, mate? <laughs> but I think this is more about the types of exercise yeah. that maybe are the best to look at from a weight yeah. loss perspective. Is that where you were thinking? That's kind of where I was going. Yeah, as yeah. I was writing it, I'm like, it's actually not my area. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I know, I know that a lot of the more, and I'd be interested to hear what Em has to say about this, but I know from what I have read, most of the more current research is pushing more of that blend of like that HIIT training or that functional training yeah. mixed in. So you're getting that like resistance training and then also that high heart rate. Like yep. that tends to be particularly, again, for that more um, – older age bracket which mm. <laughs> say I'm starting to hit <laughs> but you know hitting into that okay I'm not there that I'm gonna say that late 40s into the 50s mm. realm for women is really really beneficial like yeah. there's a lot of literature that starts to sort of show Absolutely. that whereas and we see that again in clinic where you might have um someone who's going for walks every morning uh, and not really seeing much and they're doing all the other things that we've talked about but if you can start to get in and work with their exercise and include some um, high intensity uh, training and really getting their heart rate up and so forth you can really quickly start to mm. see some changes there definitely mm. definitely and then I don't know like I'm like I this is just me with my own body I guess and I'm obviously don't have much training in like exercise physiology and stuff yeah. like that. I definitely feel like if, like I lean, and this is without me trying to do stuff, but just stuff I notice. Yeah. For me, the more cardio I do, so yeah. running, um, bike riding, mm. all of uphill stuff, stairs and all yeah. of that, I lean up really yeah. quickly. Yeah. Like within two weeks, like if I just yeah. don't go to the gym and don't do weights mm. or maybe do one weight session or something like that, I seem to lean up a lot in those two weeks. Mm. And then obviously weights, tone up. Yeah. So yeah, that's my simple way of explaining <laughs> that. <laughs> But that's so different again, isn't it? That's your, like, younger metabolism yep. to someone who's yeah. older, like, and that's where it's so interesting. Yep. It yep. really is. But, yep. I mean, classically cardio has been something that we have looked at more as, like, a, a fat burner. Mm. But, oh, yeah, again, it's just, like, it's finding so- what works best for your body 
but integrating this in again mm. in a sustainable way, which is our key word here. Yeah. Like you need to find what you like, what you enjoy and how you incorporate that in your week around your foundational healthy eating mm-hmm. so that you can keep that up. There's yeah. no point, as we are saying at the start, of flogging yourself just crazy on these programs and then just kind of going, I'm just going to do this for eight weeks and then yeah. at the end you just sort of flop in a heap. Like yeah. you, what I do compared to what Carissa does is completely different mm. because they're what we – enjoy individually and we both enjoy keeping that up as part of our lifestyle and it's commitment to it it's not Mm. going i'm going to do this for four weeks or do this to eight weeks and then if you don't get the results or you don't or you get the result it's this is why you have to with exercise and i know we've talked about this but find something you like and just stick to it yeah that is probably if, if weight loss is your goal or toning up is your goal or anything like that then it probably does need to be a bit more than walking yeah um you need to get you definitely need to get some cardio stuff in there you definitely need to get some sort of functional strength training in there it's just finding something that works for you and fitting it into your routine and committing to it and not getting disheartened if you're not seeing kick-ass results in eight weeks do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean it's I think we've, we've talked about this so many times just in the clinic like not on podcasts but it's just like you have so many women and you can visually see that they're you know, they might be leaning up like friends mm. and, 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 you know, family members and you can visually see they're leaning up but the numbers on the scales might say mm. the same thing there and, I'm, you know, and therefore they don't think they're losing weight. It's like your body shape is changing yeah. because you've committed to this for two to three months. So just keep at it and you, you know, it is, mm. it's just, it's... For sure. Stick at it, guys. Let's dive into some of the meatier stuff that Yay. gets us a little bit excited <laughs> <laughs> and it's the underlying factors why someone might be starting to hit a wall. So... We've got your foundations right. We know you're eating well. You're exercising. We know you. Yeah, we know you're like not self sabotaging yourself. Mm -hmm. Like we've ticked all of those boxes. So we need to look at okay, what else is going on? Mm -hmm. So one of the biggest. Well, they're all big, but I guess I'm going to jump on the first one that we work with the most here um, is the gut, and this will really segue into all these other areas anyway um i i know that so many clients that come through our doors when they're given a new client history form often um they'll have their initial reasons for being here and often that's gut based but long term there's particularly for women there's mention of weight loss um what we often see though is that once we start working with people and getting their gut functioning right and reducing gut inflammation, that there is very quickly a reduction of what I'm going to say weight in inverted commas, because what tends to happen is that there is a lot of inflammation that comes with that, um, Mm -hmm. that dysbiosis or that, that really um, inflamed microbiome and all of those imbalances that are at play that often, and I, I always, I don't know if I've used this analogy before on the podcast, but I always say to my clients, imagine, um, that when you, you you hit yourself, like my gammy wrist a couple of months ago, like, you know, okay, so you break your wrist, it swells up, like inflammation is going to create swelling in that area as um, all of those immune cells are doing their job. Essentially, when you have ongoing inflammation in that abdominal area in particular, you're going to get more inflammation, more fluid. Um, and I, I often find that women 
think that it's weight and it's actually a lot of the time inflammation at play. Mm. So there's there's also definitely metabolic blocks that come from those those gut issues, which we'll talk about, um, that can influence the metabolism and, and slow it down in different ways. But I definitely wanted to highlight that I think a lot of the time there's actually inflammation. And, and the way I think that's most common is that you work with a client and literally within three to four weeks when they come back, they're like, oh, my God, I've dropped, like, a significant amount of kilos. Yeah. And you can physically see it all over their body. And it's fluid. It's like fluid. It's like a puff. Their whole body is really puffy and fluidy. Um, so I just guess I wanted to definitely highlight that one mm. as a first and foremost. Yep, definitely. Next I don't one. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, you just nailed that. I was like, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> Good. Yeah, no, definitely. So the, obviously the gut is a huge part of it. Then obviously, where, which one should we touch on next? I feel like the next one would probably be dealing with like the more the other hormonal aspects as well, which obviously mm-hmm. gut is the foundation of this. Like your gut has to be functioning right for these guys, next mm. guys to be functioning right. So this is where, and we've talked about this, I think, in our hormones podcast, but really understanding what's going on between our HPA axis, which is, I always stuff this up when I have to say it on the podcast, so hypothalamic, pituitary, adrenal axis, I always get adrenals so our stress response axis our thyroid and our um, reproductive hormones primarily estrogen Mm -hmm. so what is going on between those guys especially especially for women and men as well like i've got a fair Mm -hmm. few guys at the moment where i've done dutch testing with them and they're Mm -hmm. trying to lose weight and they're not so again guys can tick these boxes as well Mm -hmm. they've got the foundations of their eating right they're doing the right type of training why aren't they losing Mm -hmm. weight are you seeing the estrogen dominance yeah i've got a few yeah so obviously understanding estrogen um, Mm. and why and it being high but also understanding why it's high and what's driving Mm. that so we obviously have genetic factors we have stress factors we have inflammatory factors Mm -hmm. environmental factors so estrogen is a big one for people to hold weight if Mm -hmm. that's not under control or that's for some reason being driven up Mm -hmm. um, and not clearing properly Um, the thyroid is another one so thyroid obviously controls our metabolism has a lot to do with our weight it's kind of like our master gland really Mm. it kind of just sits back there and dictates what everything else does, points little fingers and you go here and you go there. <laughs> points little teeth through your teeth. I just got a picture of him sitting up on this chair above the throat looking down at the rest of the body. But it is like it's it's such an important gland and this guy has to be functioning super well. And I know we've talked about this in the hormone podcast as well, but TSH as a blood parameter is not enough oh, to no. understand what's going on with your thyroid. You need to know what your T3 and T4 are doing. Your T3 T4 can be fine. What the, what is your reverse T3 mm. doing? Because quite often that can be raised or suppressed, mm. even when the other things are fine. And do you have thyroid antibodies? Mm-hmm. All of these things matter when it comes to understanding your thyroid and potentially if you're ticking all the other boxes that we've talked about and you're not losing weight, what the hell is going on with your thyroid? Mm-hmm. Is it being stressed out by estrogen? Is it being stressed mm. out by the gut? It doesn't not have the nutrients that it needs to function mm. properly. Is it so, being stressed out by stress? Is it being stressed out just by stress? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So it's it's a re- it's a really big one and this is where, you know, once you you've got all these other things sorted, if you're not losing weight, you need to start digging mm. deeper and work out why. Stress is I know you underlined that. <laughs> two underlines. Two, two underlines. <laughs> I mean again, how many I mean, people listening and then people we've we've seen in clinic mm. who are just struggling so much 
from a weight loss perspective and then they take themselves off on a holiday yeah. and like you know they'll come back and go oh I lose God, weight on you holiday. know yeah. I, I don't I don't even feel like I need to lose weight but I lose yeah. I drop easily I reckon two or three kilos mm. and I eat more drink more booze <laughs> and just sloth around like a lazy person like <laughs> care factor zero and I seem to drop and it is it's yeah. just because we're so we're quite highly strung as well with work and all of that so yeah, yeah. and you know we know how to eat well and exercise and do all of that so mm-hmm, definitely stress is freaking huge it's huge I think I mentioned too in the last podcast I was just thinking about the gut as well while we we're talking there's there's definitely research about different types of strains that uh, like bacterial strains that have been potentially linked to obesity I'm sure mm. I mentioned that yeah, I think yeah. you did, definitely. I'm pretty sure I did. But I again there's then there's new information coming out that's sort of debunking that. But I think that's a it's another realm that we're oh, you're starting talking about to the I was talking about Yeah, and and um no, hang on, yeah, I was talking about the Firmicutes. But I think there's now some more literature in regards to Acomancia, my faith okay. as yeah. well. But I guess I don't want to delve into that too much, but I think that's another big area that mm. we're going to be seeing more and more about. Yep. But it's, again, it's so individualised, yep. like, in regards to what's going on in the gut, types of species that might be dominant and how that's influencing do- us as an individual. And and then, again, that flow-through effect too, mm. like, yep. in regards to short-chain fatty acid production and how that's affecting our metabolism. Like, it's just... You know, it, it just kind of keeps going and going. Mm. But so much, yeah, of what we're seeing and always talking about with the gut is just that flow through onto a lot of those other areas that you've just mentioned yeah. too. I think the thing that's going to knock knock out it, like what how we treat up a few notches too, is just like a what's the information that's going into the microbiome and mm. be the inf- and be the research that's coming out on the genetics of weight as yeah, well. So yeah. between like what our gut is doing from um, a microbial point yeah. of view and, and a species diversity point mm. of view and what our genetics dictate to mm. us and in terms of, you know, um, nutrigenomics and things like yeah. that. So things that we flick on and off in yeah. responses to stress in relation to obesity genes or weight weight con- management genes. Mm. I think like the next two years is going to be pretty, yeah. pretty freaking yeah. epic. Actually, I was trying to pull up a study to drop into the notes. Remind me to do that. I always forget. I say it and then I, <laughs> I need a pen. I'm <laughs> not going to remember. <laughs> in regards to like genetic snips and, and leptin um, I ah. can't remember the gene in particular is it that uh, do I say I think it's the APO gene yeah APO is one. yeah I think yeah, um but yeah again just like starting to look into those those genetic variations and how they're now investigating that you know that flow through onto how that can be affecting people from like a hormonal signaling point of view so um yeah, I might drop that. I will. I will drop that. I'm sure it's the APO gene. I know yeah. that's got something to do with weight. I can't. Yeah. Does she have it right? Yeah, Does she have it wrong? Out. <laughs> <laughs> Being the first time we got it wrong. <laughs> now, this is a biggie um, and a good one to sort of wrap this up on mm-hmm. is being realistic about yes. your goals. Holy moly. Notice how I underline realistic as well. I didn't give it a double underline like stress, but it got a bloody underline. Being freaking realistic. Oh, my God. I think we've, I've again, I don't know, it's just conversation between us that we talk about on podcasts, but people will often ask us, you know, what's realistic when it comes to weight loss? Like mm-hmm. how much can I expect to be losing week to week, month to month. Um, I, again, it's so hard to give a figure, but I usually don't want to see anyone dropping more than even like half, half a, a kilo, kilo a week. week. Like, <laughs> we're on the same page yes. there. You need to be looking at weight loss in a really nice, sustainable, again, keyword way, because yeah. if you are dropping weight very quickly, 
um, too quickly, you are basically just going to create more of a stress response in your body, which is what mm -hmm. we're talking about with those sort of like extreme programs. And then as soon as you stop doing whatever that stressor is to your metabolism, your body will just go back to where it was before because nothing else has really changed. You've just mm -hmm. stressed it. And mm -hmm. then it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to go back to here. Um, and sometimes maybe even further down, like sometimes it doesn't, oh, yeah, it doesn't true, bounce true. back to where it was. It bounces yeah. back and then adds a bit more on. So yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's called messing with your metabolic processes, guys. Well, Don't do yeah, it. <laughs> it's very, very common and it just, it's unfortunate that we even see it sometimes in like even mid-20-year-old females who have like had a history of eating disorders. So, you know, whether we're talking about overconsumption of food or binge eating or starvation, yep. like you can do some really, um, you know, big damage to your metabolism. Yeah, shit, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think being realistic um, about weight loss, um, the biggest thing is understanding that it's going to take time. Mm -hmm. So if you feel like you want to obviously shift 5 kilos as opposed to 20 kilos, there's going to be different time frames and you need to be realistic about the time that's going to take and be kind to yourself along the way, work with your practitioner um, you know, you can have some goals along the way and you, and obviously practitioners are going to help you assess as you get to those mm -hmm. points. But if you think that you are going to drop 10 kilos in like four to six weeks or something like that, then you're just setting yourself up to failure um, or for failure, I should yeah. say. Um, maybe you might achieve that with the extreme diets that we've mentioned. But again, the likelihood of you sustaining that is pretty much next to to zero. The other thing about being realistic is working out, and this is something I spend a lot of time talking to my clients about that have weight loss goals, is working out about what is realistic for you to maintain happiness and a healthy relationship mm, with food true. and what is not realistic. Because let's say, for example, let's just use me. I'm happy to use myself. <laughs> Doesn't bother me. So I weigh, and I think I actually talked about this in our Facebook one. I actually don't really weigh myself that often, but I know I fluctuate three kilos. Give or take. And I think mm -hmm. that's realistic for women as well. So one of my big things is throw out your freaking scales. Yeah. Stop weighing yourself because it's getting on the scales every morning and stressing over a couple mm. hundred grams here or there or a kilo here or there. It's, it is here nor there because yep. women will fluctuate in weight anywhere up to three kilos, yep. I think, at any given time. Yep. So let's just say for me, for example, I sit between 63 and 66 kilos. Mm -hmm. I think that's my ballpark. Mm -hmm. So... If I wanted to get down to 60 kilos, like let's just say I decided, right, I'm going to up my training and I'm going to just be, you know, just maybe have a look at my structure of my eating and mm. get down to 60 kilos, strip a bit of body fat, which I definitely could do. Like if I, you know, if I committed, if, wanted if to. I wanted yeah. to, like I'm totally happy with my body. But if I wanted to and just up the ante, I could probably safely sit around 60 to 62 kilos and mm -hmm. fluctuate between that. That would be realistic mm. if I wanted to set some goals. What would be unrealistic is 57 kilos, mm. which I know I have been in my early 20s, mm. and everyone's like, I want to get back to that weight. Let's mm. Girls need to be so – like we need to understand that our body shifts, our hormones shift, weight distribution shifts as we get older, and just – it's really trying to become okay with that and accept that and mm. thinking that when you're 35, you're not going to weigh what you weighed when you were 22, mm. okay? Yeah. So for me, I could definitely probably weigh 57 kilos mm. if I wanted to. Would it wreck my freaking life and my yeah. relationship with food? Would I have to calorie count everything I put into my mouth? Yes. Do I want to live that way? No. Mm. So it's being realistic about where you can get 
with a healthy approach mm. and where is actually pushing it beyond a healthy mm. approach to making your life miserable. So true. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, it is. And, and that's going to, I get, it's a funny one, isn't it? Cause that's mm. going to, you, you come at that, which is why we're doing the revive package at the moment, yeah. like with a, such a healthy mind frame of looking at things, but I can see how like someone without that healthy yeah. mind frame could look at it and go, well, like, my most important thing to me more than anything, more than like um, feeling happy within mm. myself. Well, the problem is it's so mixed up because it's like the most important thing for me is that yeah. I weigh 57 kilos. And then I'll be happy. Then I'll be happy because I'm not happy yeah. now. Like oh, that's it where it's cry. really, I know it's so real. True. It's really, really hard because like I a hundred percent get what you're saying mm. on and just, you know, I just think of all the things that I enjoy in my diet day to day that I would never, never give up. Never give up. <laughs> like they're just for the sake of two kilos or three kilos. Like what yeah. the hell? It's not worth it. Yeah. Like it makes me so. <laughs> it makes me so sad even when I like go somewhere and I can't like have my thing like my little punctuation points to this. You know, the start of the day of my like big pimped up matcha with all the extra shit that goes into that through the every night after dinner breaking up my big chunk of my chocolate yeah. with my dandelion tea like they're like these like high little highlights of the yeah. day every day and yeah. like you know even things like that you yeah. know with the wrong sort of mentality you could look at those and go they're extra things they're extra yeah. calories coming in like you need to get rid of them yeah. and I don't know it's just yeah I I, it's one of those things I think we constantly see people struggling yeah. with yeah, and definitely. hopefully hearing you just talk about your own relationship and everything that we've mm. mentioned, um, you know, even if it's just one person, it's just like, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. It's not worth it. It's like, not worth it. This constant like barrage that I put myself under every day, like I'm miserable trying to get to this like, you know, yeah. real this kind of weird ideal of what's yeah. going to make me happy. Like if you think you're going to be happy and your life's going to be perfect yeah. when you hit a certain number on a scale, I can yeah. tell you right now, you're completely delusional. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? Well, it's true. It's so, it is. And what's that thing? And it was like, I was listening to a podcast the other day and I can't remember what the saying is, but it's like, is it youth is wasted on the young? And oh, wow. it's something like that, but it's just like, like, I feel like so many, like I look back on the shit I used to stress over in my twenties and mm. I was freaking gorgeous. Like, mm. and I used, and mm. I was bloody 10 kilos lighter than what I am yep. now. Yep. And I, I used to think I used to, you know, not, I was never like so fanatical, but I did let it wreck my life. Like yep. I would jump on scales and, I, and it was just like, and now I'm just like, oh my God. But I just think, yeah, I heard that saying the other day. I'm like, I think it is youth is wasted on the young. And they're basically mm. talking about in the context of we're going to look like, we're going to look back on our, on ourselves and our lives and all these things that we beat ourselves up over now when we're 50 or when we're 60 or when we're 70 and just go, why do we spend so mm. much time stressing out over this shit? Like mm. I just look at how much stress I put myself through in my teenage years and my early 20s and I'm just like, what a waste of time. Like, mm. so anyway. Yeah, so true. So anyway, <laughs> hindsight's bloody great. <laughs> I tell you what, there is, I'm only halfway through, but in regards to like the topic of, um, just appreciating your life the latest no filter episode uh, that, did you put that up somewhere? no I, well, I did sorry yeah but this is the new new oh, one okay. it's called he's 98 and surprisingly he's the happiest man on earth it's a, yeah. um, a holocaust survivor mm. listen to that if oh. you need to like learn how to uplift your spirit yeah oh my god okay anyway <laughs> okay is it a tear I'm gonna, 
Yeah, I was oh, listening to it this oh morning, god. but in a good way. Okay. He just like, oh my god, just my heart just like explode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm gonna put the link in my Facebook as well. Yeah, so. do it. Yeah, I think that's what people need too. Sometimes we just need constant reminders that shit's not that bad. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Anyway. All right. <laughs> <laughs> On that upbeat note. <laughs> shit's not that bad, guys. Go out and kill your week. <laughs> We're going to wrap it up there. I think we've covered everything we wanted to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. As usual, if you guys have any <laughs> questions or comments, we love to hear from you, um, whether that be via email or direct message um, or just leaving some little messages on our mm-hmm. socials. Send us, some case, send us some case studies. I don't know mm-hmm. if we said that last week, but we definitely yeah. need – I've had a few people on social media contact me saying they're going to send their case studies mm-hmm. through. Send them through, yep. guys, because I think we're fresh out. We are, actually. Yeah. And we want some nice and meaty ones yeah. too. So if you've got one of those cases Basically, where you're the like – more messed up you are, we yeah, know about it. <laughs> them our way (laughs) um and we always want you guys to subscribe and share um we're really enjoying getting the feedback that we do get so Mm -hmm. yeah if you can subscribe but also share um in your social media feeds that you're listening particularly your insta stories are great we love it when you tag us there yeah. we love seeing you walking around or in the kitchen or whatever you're doing yeah. listening it's <laughs> listening just to us. little highlights it's <laughs> awesome cool awesome all right well have a fantastic day yes on a good weekend or and whenever you listen to this that's right and we'll chat to you soon chat to you soon bye bye